Lesbian Nazi hookers abducted by UFOs and forced into weight loss programs. All this week on The Cooper and Anthony Show. One of our favorite guests is back with us. He is a prolific television writer nominated for six Emmys. He's written for Futurama, American Dad. He spent countless seasons working at Family Guy, where he was also an EP. He is currently still working with Seth MacFarlane. So that means Seth MacFarlane might be a great guy because it's like when you see a company and some people there for a really long time, you're like, wow, that must be a great place to work. Um, so he is still working with Seth MacFarlane as a showrunner and executive producer of The Orville. But most importantly, Today's his birthday. Happy birthday, David Goodman. <laughs> Thank you, Cooper. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, what, what, uh, you know, this, this is like you're the only people who wish me happy birthday. So that, that's really nice. Thanks. Well, we love you more than your family you, does. You, you and my doctors. I got a lot of emails and texts from, from doctors. That better not be true. They're better. Have been no, there were people. like there were letters by dentist, periodontist, doctor, <laughs> really, Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm keeping them all employed. So they're happy. <laughs> um, well, we don't really have a birthday gift for you, so I thought um, as a birthday gift, I would tell you a story about something that happened to me just today that I thought you might appreciate. Okay. So. My side hustle, and really, this is not really a side hustle. It's like when it comes up, I do it. Um, I do background work and stand-in work on movies and television shows. Oh. Just you know, I'm in the union. It's a, sure. it's a, it's, it's a full cash grab for me. I'm not going to pretend I really care about being an actor because I don't. <laughs> it's literally a cash grab, especially stand-in work. So, if you're listening, you don't know what stand-in work is. Very simply, when an actor is on a movie set and they have to set the lights and set the camera. You know, Tom Cruise is not going to stand there. He's just not going to do it. So they get some idiot like me to stand there who's the same height as him. And then they adjust the lights. They adjust the camera. And they say, okay, team two, you're out. Team one, come on in. And that's, you know, team one is the the real actors right. who have hopefully been preparing in their trailers and they're coming out as their characters, which is another reason why they do that. Um, and it's great because you're not in the movie. You don't have to worry about your hair and makeup. You know, you, you just you get to hang out and craft services all day. It's like they pay you to eat. It's fantastic. Right. So I get a call to be on one of my favorite shows, which is Only Murders in the Building. Oh, my God. Great show. How great is that show? Uh -huh. Right. Terrific. It's great. It's awesome. The, and the, those guys are great. And it's a it's a gift. Anyway, so you're on only. Wait, and, and I noticed that your friend Kirker Butler is who's from Butler Family is Guy, right? Is that's right. I was thinking, like, why is this such a funny show? This is so well written, and I was like, who's involved? And I saw well, they've got they've got a great staff. I mean, and a great creator, Dan Fogelman. I mean, it's great. It's a great show. Right. It's 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 a perfect show. So I love it. I'm so I've already watched it twice. You know, which I never do. And uh, so I get called to be, be a stand-in. And for stand-in work, it's usually the stars. Like, you know, the idiots on the side, they do their own stand-in work. They don't, you know, if you're like some doorman, like, just right. go do your own stand-in. Right. So I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got called to be Selena Gomez's stand-in. I'm so shocked because you would think they would choose somebody a little younger. <laughs> but, you know. Maybe I fit mm -hmm. some profile, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. So are you available, Cooper? Yes, I am. It's three days of work. So it's a lot of cash. <laughs> they pay you for the COVID test, you know. Yeah. So I'm all excited. And, the, and uh, they called a check-in on my availability again. They said, okay, so um, you're, the, you're the one who's waiting for the stand-in work for Martin Short, right? 
<laughs> Wait, what? I'm standing in for Martin Short? <laughs> wow. That, that's, uh, that's good casting. Right? Yeah, it's like that makes a lot more sense now. Like now I get, because I was now, like, now Selena you Gomez, you know, you no way. Martin Short, uh, that's one of the... That would be on my bucket list. I haven't never met him, but uh. yeah, I think you do because well, actually, I don't know how they work on that set, but um, I was Janine Garofalo's stand-in on a mm. movie that she was shooting with um, Kelsey right. Grammer, and Kelsey Grammer, Janine Garofalo, me and his stand-in, the four of us hung out together all day. Oh wow, fantastic! So yeah, and turns out he and I have the same taste in music, me and Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> so all, we spent all day talking about like you know the music we both like. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if it's like that on Only Murders. Oh, oh so you, you know, haven't done it yet. You've just no, said, I, have, I haven't done. I, this is oh. this is all just unfolding today on your birthday. That's, oh well, it was my somehow my that's my birthday <laughs> gift. That's like the worst birthday gift I've ever. Well, had. yeah, the the fact that you have you have a friend who is that, you, that I know somebody who's mm-hmm. standing at Martin Short. No, that potentially feels kind of like you, you should gift. tweet about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a, like an abusive family, that would be a gift to me. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, but it's uh, I was sort of oh, excited, and then it's kind of an insult in a way that like Martin Short. It, I mean, he's much older than I am, yeah. and much shorter than I am. That's true. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not. It's kind of a shot at you. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's. I don't know how they f- picked you for that. That's such a weird. I know. I don't, know that, I don't know that job. I don't know who makes those decisions. Yeah. So. Same height, I think that's the reason. That's Probably. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Same height. And, you know, I have all Probably. my wrinkles. My wrinkles are in the same place. Uh, <laughs> the, the light the light will be absorbed right into the crevices of my face. So, yeah, I think that's what they're they're interested in. Um, so we have a lot of reasons why we love having you on the show. Like we could just sit here and bullshit with Thank you the you. whole time. I couldn't figure out why you wanted me on. But <laughs> well, no, because we, we, we love talking to you. You're that's so funny. Nice. We always have a good time with you. And, you know, we, we love a good time. I always have a great time being here. So, so one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on is because... Because so this week, um, Being the Ricardos came out. That's the movie starring Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem where they're playing Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. And it's not about... It's not about the TV show. It's about the backstory of Lucille Ball and who she was and Desi Arnaz and their relationship. And everybody is super interested right now. Right. And the, the thing that kept popping up for me is Lucille Ball had some connection to Star Trek. So I was like, ding, ding, ding. My friend David is really the Star Trek expert. Like you are, aside from all the writing and the yeah. Emmys and all the stuff your family's proud yeah. about, you are like one of the, the premier the experts. Fucking nerds. Oh, can you right, yeah. right. Can you okay, on, we'll say can nerd. I on that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you've you've you've, you've written extensively. You've written yeah. several books about, about I, Star I Trek and the and characters and the autobiographies. Yeah. So I thought you would be the best person to explain the connection between Lucille Ball and Star yeah. Trek. Because I was yeah. like, what the I, I I doubt it's a big part of Aaron Sorkin's movie, which is a shame. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that it should movie. be. <laughs> so, Lucy, you know, uh, after the, the, during the success of I Love Lucy and then the shows that she did after, she had her own production company, Desi Lou Productions. And after uh, she and Desi divorced, Lucy, it was Lucy's company. Desi Lou was Lucy's production company. And they produced 
a lot of great shows. They obviously produced all the shows that Lucy was in, like uh, Here's Lucy and the Lucy Show. And then they also produced um, Mannix, a Private Eye Show, and Mission Impossible. Wow. Uh, all came out of Desilu. And the other big show that came out of Desilu Productions was uh, Star Trek. And so Gene Roddenberry, the writer of Star Trek, goes to pitch his idea to that studio. And I don't know that he pitched it to Lucy directly, but she, it was her decision to say, all right, let's, let's go with this. And then they take it to NBC and NBC picks up the pilot. But then uh, it's up to Lucy's production company to produce this show. That means spend the money mm-hmm. to make the show. Now, when a network orders a pilot, they're paying for the pilot, but they're not necessarily paying uh, overages or you know and these both uh this this pilot for star trek was wildly over budget the network passed on the first pilot there was wow. two pilots of star trek they passed on the first one but said you know what let's do another one so they did another one uh, and the first pilot did not have william shatner in it and uh, had an actor named jeffrey hunter and so they did the second pilot which was also <laughs> over budget so and Lucy signing signing those checks. Wow! You know? So there's a way in which, um, and then um, there's and then uh, when the show went into production, there was there was money involved and lots of money. And a show isn't necessarily going to be in profit back then. A show that was only on for a year or two wouldn't be in profit. The studio would eat the financial loss if it wasn't a success. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it was a very smart uh business move on on lucy's part because i mean star trek in the short run did not do very well but in the long run was this huge syndication success and then um uh obviously uh made lots of money for the studio i mean oh, no, but it's, it's, it's it's still going i mean the fact that there's right. so many different incarnations of yeah. she was a real visionary the fact that she was able to see right. more into this pilot that both audiences and studios went uh oh, we don't really get it it's hard. It's hard to know exactly how how well Lucy was involved. There's an anecdote. I don't know if it's true. But it was, that was said by one of the one of the uh, producers of, of the original Star Trek in, in in a book that he wrote. He was in a meeting with Lucy, going over all their projects, and and um, she asked, "How's that? How's that USO uh, show doing?" <laughs> now the USO is the, is the overseas. Is, is when they send stars overseas to entertain. <laughs> right, right, right. And she says, How's that? And, and Herb Solo says, who's the producer, says, I don't know what, what you associate. You know, the ones with the stars on the track. And, <laughs> and uh, so, so, somehow heard the title and had, had, in her own imagination, had created the idea that this she was doing a show about the USO. But uh, so wow. maybe not a vision, maybe not a visionary, but she trusted the people she worked with. She trusted the creators that she hired. And and again, you know, Star Trek is this, uh, I don't know, 50 plus year phenomenon. So, yeah. Because right. of because of, of Lucy, wacky redhead Lucy Ball. The one thing I noticed about your career when I was looking at it today was it seems like the business that you're in is so small with the group of people that you guys write on uh, Family Guy, then you write on American Dad, and then you bring the same people over to Oracle. It's like a little group of you Orville. guys. Orville. Um, well, that's what function. Those shows are a function of the fact that those are Seth's shows. So. Right. Seth finds people 
that he likes to work with and you get to work with him more than once if he likes you. And since he's continually making new things, uh, uh, that's obviously been a, a boon to my career. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, so, you know, with, with American dad, that was, there was a, a moment where, uh, they needed some help, uh, to run it. So they, so I only went over there for a short period of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of lucky to get to work for some Seth is like, you know, well, he's like Lucy, he's got his own, his own production company and he makes lots of things and he hires plenty of new people. But, but if you, if he's worked with you before that, that and he likes you, that goes a long way. How'd you meet him? Like, what was your first meeting with him? Like, well, again, it's it's it the first the first it was for a job interview and for Family Guy back in two thousand. Mm-hmm. When this was Family Guy was had been canceled already once. Uh, they brought it back for a third season of thirteen episodes. It, the show was being run by Seth and a writer named uh, Dan Palladino, and Dan eventually was leaving Family Guy. This would could be his last season on Family Guy. He was going to do the Gilmore Girls with his wife. Amy Sherman Paladino, and then they do Marvelous Mrs. Maisel now. Right. I was like, anyway, Dan and well, I, yeah. <laughs> right. So Dan and I had worked together many years before on a very unknown sitcom, and um, he brought me in for a job interview, and what put me over the top in that job interview was Dan saying, well, you know, David's a big Star Trek fan, Seth. Because <laughs> Seth's such a big Star Trek fan. And that, that ended up making, I think... It was between me and one other writer for that job, and I think I think I just I just came out just, just for that. No, you know, that you never know what's going to work for you. Right, that's actually really good advice. Like for anybody that you know, it, I think it's important to be an expert in something you're really into. You know, and it's weird that things you have in common with people. It is, and that's where you find your connections, especially in a especially in a creative field. I mean, right, finding and and that's you you. In the in the Family Guy writers room where I worked for such a long period of time, everybody you had some kind of connection with um, two or three people, whether it's movies or movie soundtracks or the TV shows you watch or music or uh, and that that's a big part of of the critical mass of a of a of a writing staff is people finding those sort of personal connections of things you're interested in and passionate about. Right. Right. Yeah, because I saw a picture of you with Cherry. Uh, how do you say her last name? Chiva Pravid Dumrung. <laughs> and I and love. Tom- and tomorrow is her birthday. Is it really? Yes. And today is her mother's birthday. So there you go. So it's a very weird. So yeah, you guys, are, like, you yeah. guys are pretty close. Then I, I gather. <laughs> we're pretty. We're pretty close. <laughs> but I, anyway, I, you saw a picture of Cherry. Yeah. Well, Cherry was hired in Family Guy uh, back in. Uh, 2005, four, I think. And then, um, yeah, she ended up on Orville with us. Uh, uh, very super talented writer. I love how you, I remember you made fun of her name on Family Guy. I do remember that. <laughs> I made sure to let you know that that's kind of a wacky name. You know, since you brought up Family Guy, you know, I think Anthony and I are, you know, huge fans and we normally do deep dives into different aspects of the show because mm-hmm. it's amazing how, um, it's almost like a crystal ball. Like there's so many times that something will happen right. in the world. It's like right. family guy predicted that. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. And then we bring it up and we talk about it and that kind of thing. Right. And, um, 
you know, and I, so lately, Anthony, I've been talking about doing like deeper dives into it. And, and one thing I thought was really interesting, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before, but this was new to me. One of the prevailing fan theories about Family Guy is that the series, the entire thing is from the perspective of Brian. Have hmm. you heard this before? I've not, but let me, let me hear more. Okay, because I have some friends that they have, well, they've, some stupid friends. But but here's what's interesting about it. And the more I think about it, the more I think that this, you would know if this wasn't true. But if you think of it like this, Brian is Seth MacFarlane's real voice, basically. He's not doing a character voice. So it's a reason why right there that, that, that would be the, you know, the main, the, the main protagonist right. i don't know right. yeah right. Okay. um i don't i don't know writing terms right just i'm only in radio <laughs> um but brian could talk it, right. it explains why he can talk it explains why everybody around him are a bunch of idiots but he's this genius writer he's prolific he has all these hot women all the time like right. he doesn't bang ugly mm. women at all like he he always comes out being the hero which well, he, he doesn't he, always though no, yeah. he doesn't always, but, but, tweets, but, but enough, but. enough times that, that if you're doing it from the, from your perspective, right. it's a little self-deprecation. But for the most part, you know, you would see yourself as this visionary writer who's smarter than everybody else. Um, right. And um, oh wait, I'd written a note to myself that I wanted to, to mention. The other thing I thought, oh, yeah, okay. It's the, from the perspective of the dog. And if you think about it, it explains why like all the short clips all the um you know when uh, the cut-ins the cut-ins the cut the cutaways you know if you think of what a cutaway is that's sort of like a a dog short attention span and it explains why you know he's it's life i don't don't buy the dog's perspective (laughs) i'm not buying it i'm not buying it i'm not buying it i was there i'm there i was there a lot (laughs) i i you know the 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 (laughs) The fact is, obviously, Seth invested uh, a lot of himself in the characters that he plays and obviously the characters he created, all the characters. Peter is very much him, too. It's his background. It's it's based on, you know, people he grew up with. Um, Stewie isn't really real, but there's a, you know, the, the, there. so there's all those all those pieces. But Quagmire, Lois, you know, those he doesn't play Lois, but the 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 you know all all the all of the characters have their have their moment of of the shows about them and uh and i think that brian uh you know <laughs> we've the, the joke on family guys that brian's a terrible writer i right, mean that's not, true. not yeah. mean terrible <laughs> uh and uh and that he's so full of himself and that's not seth at all i mean that you know seth has a you know and um so I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I appreciate fans have their theories, but. Right, right. Well, I think that they want, they want there to be one omniscient voice. I mean, there's other right. theories, there's other theories that it's Stewie. There's other theories that and, and the whole entire thing is about Seth being in love with uh, Alex Bordstein. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I don't think that's true either, but I mean, they get along well. Uh, but I think that, you know, and that's why the show's a success because people can fa- have so many entry points and that's the genius of that show. I'm right. so lucky to work there because there, there's so many ways somebody can enjoy family guy. And I mean, there are people who love Meg who, yeah. 
who and are like, why do you treat Meg so badly? And it's like, well, because it's funny, but it's, right. <laughs> uh, but but it, but you know, so there's there's uh, uh, it's it, interesting theory. Not true. Not true. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> um, and the last Family Guy thing I wanted to run by you that I thought was very, I mean, really, again, something else that's really prescient, right. especially right now, is um, Quagmire's dad. That episode, at yeah. that you were executive producer on that episode, yeah. and uh, yeah. for people that don't know the show inside and out the way I do, that's one of my favorite episodes. Not only is it one of the funniest episodes, but I always, you know, it's so funny. It's like there's so much, so much depth to some of these episodes that you yeah. guys, you just, you're making jokes, you know, you're trying to be funny and be right. satirical, but then there's some real depth there. Ooh. There's some. Yeah, there's some there's some uh, things that really resonate, and um, there's one quick thing I want to say. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, no. Dan Savage, the sex columnist Dan Savage, who yeah. has Savage Love Cast, love him. Um, he always says that if you want to come out to your family, what you should do is come out to them, give them one year to ask stupid, awkward, weird hmm. questions, just one year. Anything they want, honest questions, mm -hmm. stuff they really want to know, like, do you put yeah. your dick there? Whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> and then once that year is over, they need to decide, are they going to accept you or not? And if the answer is not, then you don't need them in your life. But they get one year. And that was why when I saw Quagmire's dad, the episode where Quagmire's dad comes out as trans, right. I thought of Dan Savage immediately because that whole episode was asking all of those weird, awkward questions yeah, that yeah. you want to ask a yeah. newly transitioned person. You know, when the, when the show works, it's that honesty, you know, that on, honesty in comedy is really important. And that was a really, you know, that really was, a, it was based actually on a, a little bit on uh, the personal story of one of the writers whose father had, had, uh, had a sex change. And, and, um, and there was this sort of, uh, we're trying to be funny and we're definitely playing on characters, you know, uh, some characters like Brian's inability to sort of process it. And it was some trans people might've been offended by Brian's reaction. But I think that the, the, uh, it's always about that. We, we also did, you know, we, we did, uh, we actually, we did an abortion episode, which I'm very proud of, which the, the Fox didn't air. Uh, it was only. Oh, I didn't know DVD. that. Yeah, it was only available on DVD. I don't know if it's actually even part of if it's on Hulu or in the streaming. But Fox said, "Okay, go and go and do it," and we did it. And then um, they got some pushback from some some stations about airing it, so they so they didn't air it, but they released it on DVD, so people saw it. But it's a, and it's a great episode. And and then obviously the my. Wait, is that, are you talking about prom night dumpster babies? Is that it? Was that no, it? No, that yeah, that <laughs> okay. they were fine with. That's we did that okay. fine. <laughs> they were fine with that. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was Lo Lois is pregnant. And she she has a, and she's considering having an abortion. And, okay. Um, and uh, um, but that my proudest moment uh, of being part of Family Guys, I got a letter uh, after we did an episode where Peter has a stroke. Which people said that's not going to be funny. Stroke, and now stroke, we made it stroke, <laughs> and and uh, and I got a letter from a from the head of uh, neuroscience at Harlem Hospital saying that like this this girl uh, had seen the episode and then saw that her because of the episode recognized that her father was having a stroke. 
and called the hospital and the doctor said that saved his life because she recognized that her dad was having a stroke because she'd seen our string of tasteless jokes about (laughs) but again we treated it intelligently when we talked you know we said what was going on and and a kid saved her dad's life i mean that's amazing right right i want to do i want to ask why did stewie always want to kill his mother i wasn't there when seth came up with that so uh (laughs) but i did get to write the episode you wrote the episode where he did well, that was, uh, that was, um, we were trying to figure out what, what, what is the hundredth episode going to be? And, uh, I said, why does Stewie kill us? But, um, but, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, it was so interesting about that. I mean, that, that at the time that Seth did that in the pilot was, was so edgy, was so like, people found it really offensive, which again is the, the stock and trade of the show, but I don't, I don't know why. I don't have the answer. Yeah, if they don't find it offensive, you're like, what did we do wrong? What did we do wrong? Exactly <laughs> we missed right. something here because nobody's <laughs> if, reacting. If yeah. You're, if you're by the show, don't watch. You can turn off the television. Well, by the popularity of the show, you would think that, you know, people obviously weren't really all that offended. You know? no. it's, one, it's, it's the fringe people that are offended by it. I mean, right. but there are, but I wonder, some of those episodes, do you think you can, a stupid question, of course you can do it now in this climate because you, you say no to nothing. Well, again, I'm not there anymore. Mm. Well, no, I'm so saying, but like, what, but, it, but if you were doing it now. Face, I don't know what the guys there are faced with. I think it'd be very hard to sell Family Guy right now. Like right. if it was a new show and this was the idea of it. I right. Think, I think that that Fox recognizes, uh, you know, the value of the show based on its history. Uh, I imagine that that the writers there have to fight some new battles given the new, the new um, culture. But mm-hmm. uh, but there but if you had to go pitch Family Guy now and try and sell it now, I don't think you'd be able to. Now the Orville, it's it's a different narrative there because it's it really it's a it's more of a storyline. They're more of well, it's also uh, it's 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 not really a comedy. I mean, there's, there's comedic elements and there's comedic uh, uh, interaction with the characters. But if it takes if it's talking about something serious, it treats it seriously, mm-hmm. right? And so we we, we have our own sort of aliens who are sort of stand-ins for um, LGBTQ and some of the issues around that, but we take it very seriously. And, uh, and I think we're appreciated for it. I hope we are. No, it seems like you. It seems like you're not getting the same kind of uh, blowback as you would. Right. Well, because again, we take these things really seriously. Right. Mm. Right. With, but people are seeing as more respectful rather than satirical. and also science fiction gives you this way of talking about things that people might be offended about by making them aliens, making them different. It's sort of, and that is something that Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek used to talk about. It gave him a way of talking about things you couldn't talk about on television. And we're still doing the same thing. Although again, when it comes to drama on television, you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, people are doing such edgy uh relevant things across the board in in television now like what what do you think is edgy um oh boy i wish i thought of uh, you know i i well fleabag great example mm. what a what a subversive uh brilliant show uh it, that's that's an example of like uh, i mean the way that character talks to the camera about what she's talking about i mean 
it's amazing. Want to have sex with the priest? Yeah, yeah, all, all yeah, those, all, yeah. You know, and the honesty of it, and and even though it's a comedy, she, it's obviously serious too in terms of what that character is going through. But I think that's that's an example of something. I mean, I think I don't know. I, I just watched Dope Sick. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched that. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's about the opioid em- epidemic, and it's so brutal and honest in its portrayal of of people of the people involved that. Uh, you know, that's that's such a uh, so many levels above what television used to be, which used used to really sort of um, watch where you watch where you stepped uh, mm. in terms of what you could what you could portray. And now it's it's because of streamers, and because the audience is is uh, willing to embrace these things. Amazing things are getting done. There was one thing that you did in your life that uh I, I should get an apology for, and that's uh, okay. Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. I should apologize to you for that. Yes, because when my son was young, that was on repeat in my house, nonstop. On it was repeat. there frozen. For, yeah, it was constantly on. His was son was like obsessed with it. Eight years, I heard the Hex Girls <laughs> nonstop in my house, and, and I learned that you were the culprit behind I am it. The culprit. You know, my I have a part. I had a partner then, Rick Cop. The Hex Girls were was his idea. I don't want to. I'm, I'm not trying to shift blame. Did you, did you write the song? Did you have anything to do with the song? Him. But uh, we had a great time writing that. Where you we grew up on Scooby Doo, and you know. But, but so I apologize for that. I've gotten a lot of complaints. I got a lot. I get a lot of complaints from parents. Uh, that's the yeah. You got Fred. You got Fred. Oh, Scooby-Doo. parents are so pissed at me about Fred. Uh, <laughs> and then Family Guy too. Like you, you know, we ruin sex for kids. You know, it's like. <laughs> But you have no idea what that movie is on repeat, just nonstop. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the like the first twenty times, very funny. But by right. the twenty first time, it's like I can't. Why not even be that funny the first time? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really really sorry. <laughs> so, what are you gonna do for your birthday? How are you spending it? Uh, I uh, I made. Uh, I made a lasagna yesterday. I prepared a lasagna. I'm, I'm going to make it today. My wife and daughter and I will will, will share it. The, I'll force them to eat this lasagna. My wife usually does all the cooking. She's an amazing cook, but she's been very, she's done a lot recently. And I'm like, you know what? I want lasagna. I'm going to make lasagna. So that's what I'm doing. I mean, do you have a recipe? Like, do you have some special recipe? Yeah, I got this great recipe in this book. Uh, it's this classic pasta cookbook that my wife had. And uh, it's, it's a great, easy recipe. And it's very good. Wow, that's impressive. I love the fact that you cooked your own birthday I, dinner. I, you know, I'm impressed by it too. You make your own cake. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> make your cake, make your own cake, t- buy I your own cake. I didn't make the cake. No, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, are you going to be eating it resentfully because they should have made it for you because it is your birthday? No, or are you actually no, going to enjoy be, it? I'm going to be eating it self consciously because if it's not good and they have to eat it, <laughs> it is, that's kind of an awkward moment. It's my birthday. They're not going to insult the thing I made. <laughs> that's true. That's a very good point. <laughs> well, David, thank you so much for joining us, especially on your birthday when yes. uh, I, I, we're so grateful that you're spending at least this part of it with us and that you are always, once again, able to answer our stupid questions. Yeah, oh, my God. It's my pleasure. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for giving me something to do on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very right. much. Enjoy your lasagna. We'll talk to you thank soon. You. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good night. Hello? Check. Everybody hear me?
More like cockroaches than human beings. Cockroaches, they only live in the darkness of the suffering of others. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. I didn't get a chance to tell you about this, but my parents are going away. Like they, they usually like to go places for the winter. They're getting older. They like to go like places birds. warmer. Yeah, they like birds. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. they fly south for the winter. But for all of these years, their friends, they were all going to this one little area of Mexico where they would all just go and like, you know, have this great time and they'd stay there for like months at a time. They have one friend that just moved down there permanently. You know, they just who went on a vacation in Mexico and was like, I, C, <laughs> I will stay. <laughs> CC. Right. Um, but, you know, no one's going to Mexico now, I guess, because of COVID or the and the places they want to go now way too expensive because people that are going to Mexico are, have a little money, you know. So instead, they found some crappy place to go in Florida. But so here's what happened. So the first the first issue they have is it's my parents and a cat. OK, they have their cat, mm-hmm. as you know. The place that they found that they wanted to stay does not allow pets. My mother's first plan was to sneak the cat in, which would require her flying the cat down to Florida. No. Finding some kind of bag that looks like a you know, shoulder a cute shoulder bag and you know, somehow sneaking the cat in. But if the cat ever gets out, if there's any issue, how do they bring in food and kitty litter they're definitely going to get caught and if they get caught they're getting kicked out okay so they decided at the last minute they're not going to be scoff laws and sneak the cat in lucky for me they have an only child that's me the daughter will you take care of our cat for the four months that we are going to be four months four months yeah for the four months we're going to be in florida will you take care of the cat no so i figured well, no, listen, they don't no. live too far from me. No. I said yes. It's too late. So, you know, they don't live too far from me. I figure I'll go up there in the morning. I'll feed the cat. I'll hang out there. I'll do my work there, bring my computer. You know, then I'll go back home and do some stuff. Then I'll come back up at night. Maybe a couple nights I'll sleep over and spend the night with the cat at the apartment. That was the big plan. So we have this huge rainstorm and... The building my parents live in, the windows are for shit. So they have this huge flood. The floors are completely damaged and two of the closets. Are you kidding me? No joke. So the building is going to be fixing the floors and the closet. Guess when? Started today. Guess when my parents were leaving for Florida? Today. Today. So they were like, well, we'll just bring the cat to your apartment. Oh, my God. My boyfriend, Joe, is allergic to cats. Yeah. yeah, my boyfriend, he's allergic to cats. We have dogs here. It's a tiny apartment. It They'll be all up in each other's business. We have these really good friends who live in the neighborhood, and they, too, are away for the next month. Now, we only need an apartment for a week. It's one week they're going to take to do no, the floors and fix the closet. You don't need the apartment for anybody but a cat. You can put the cat in, in, a, in a kennel. No. So here's what we did. So we have these friends that have this giant apartment. It's got two bedrooms, two bathrooms, a giant living room. It's enormous. Great. Perfect. The cat will have its own bathroom, its own bedroom. This is fantastic. Lots of space for a week. You know, the cat will be like, it'll be luxurious. It's like the cat's going on vacation for the week. So my mom drives the cat down to this apartment, gets it all settled, shows it where the litter box is, 
The cat likes to hang out in a little bed under the bed. She puts the bed under the bed. The cat jumps in there. Good kitty, good kitty, you know. And we're hanging out and the cat is not coming out. And mom's like, she'll come out later, not a problem. My mom leaves, goes home to pack and go to sleep. We pack some things, go to the apartment. The cat finally comes out. We feed it. Then it runs under the bed. Fine. Mm-hmm. It'll stay there. We are woken up at about, mm, I'm going to say like maybe four, four o'clock in the morning, something like that. We hear the dog barking and the cat, and the dog, they are having a fight mm-hmm. in, the, in the living room, which we could have never imagined because they were getting along fine, but they're up in each other's business. Luckily, nobody hit or bit anybody. They were just barking and yelling and it was just it was a yelling fight that was about Mm -hmm. to escalate so you know you know how it is like you're dead asleep and there's certain noises that wake you right up your alarm clock anything in your house vomiting and a fight Mm -hmm. so where it's the fight we're both wide awake and we go running out we separate the two of them nobody hurt anybody everything's fine we bring the dog into the bed put a leash on her so that way she's now in bed with us and she's not going anywhere. The cat runs under the bed into her bed, and the entire time, mm-hmm. like, won't shut up. So, five in the morning, we can't sleep. Let me see if she wants some food. So, I put some food down. She comes running out for the food, and she's meowing and rubbing against stuff and happy, and the tail's going, you know, happy cat eating some food, loving the living room, 5 30 in the morning, you know. So we thought, you know what? Let's keep them apart. We have a little child fence. It's tiny. The mm-hmm. cat can jump over it easily. It was more for the dog to not bother the cat while she was eating. We put the little fence up and we fall asleep. I wake up in the morning at 9 a.m., get four hours of sleep, and I go to check on the cat. No cat. I check under the couches. No cat. I check on bookshelves. No cat closets no and you're cat. the only one there yep nobody your mom's not one, there anymore they're they're in florida they've okay. left for florida today no okay cat. this is not they left first thing in the morning it is now 9 a.m they're on a plane and we can't find this fucking cat anywhere i wake up joe from 9 a.m to 11 a.m two hours straight we are tearing this apartment apart. This is a giant living room with two couches. We pull every single pillow and cushion off the couch. We lift the couch. We see that one of the couches is a fold-away bed. We open it up, hoping that the cat wasn't in there and crushed, you know? Mm-hmm. No cat. We, we, I'm telling you, it looked like a hurricane hit this apartment. It's, it's in shambles. It's not even your apartment. But we have to find this cat. But you're tearing somebody's apartment. D- did you tell these people that the cat's going to be at the house? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's oh, okay. why. Yeah, no, she, they, they knew we were there. That was the whole okay. thing that they said. Why don't you come stay at our apartment with the cat? The cat can have its own bedroom, its own, its own bathroom. It would be perfect. Okay. That was the whole plan. We tear this place apart for two solid hours looking for this cat. No cat. Joe's got to go to work. I have a meeting. We have to leave by 11.30. We don't have a choice. So we thought, okay, maybe it's hiding somewhere. We'll find it. Joe goes back at around 2 o'clock, between, between 1 and 2 o'clock. 
searches again, no cat. I go back, search again. Put We put food all over the place, thinking like, well, it'll lure her out. No cat. So now we're like, okay, the cat somehow escaped. The cat's gone. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's dead. And we're like, all right, we, we need can't to make tell flyers my- now and put them up around the neighborhood. But we couldn't have gotten out of the apartment. There's only one way out, and it's a door that was locked. Mm-hmm. There's no other way out. So now we're starting to discuss, because now it's it's going on, it's five o'clock, it's, go, it's 12 hours since we've seen this cat. So we're like, okay, this is, we need to really get serious about this. What if the cat is somewhere and, and dead? Do we not tell my parents? I don't want to ruin their time in Florida. We took a lot of pictures of the cat when it was running around. We could just every day be like, here it is again on the mm-hmm. chair. Look how here happy. it is again. Look how happy it is. Yeah, I took some video. I just keep sending them to say, you know, right. clips of the same video over and over. And we thought, if we find the cat and it's dead, we're going to say that we came home and found it like that. Okay. The cat's not dead. I guarantee it. Cats hate the change of scenery. So it doesn't matter where you take the cat. It could be a castle. The cat's not happy. The cat's not happy unless it's home. That's why I say take the cat to a shelter, then put it in a cage for four months. Because it doesn't matter where it is. It's not at home. It's not going to be happy. The, the cat's hide. not dead. But by the way, this is not another dead no, animal no, no. story. It's I not, promise. It's not. The, the, I, cat, the cat is not dead. I no, I, ha- right I, have, now, I, have a, I have an end to the story. I have, I have yeah, a. Uh, I guarantee that I'm telling you how the story ends without knowing how the story ends. The cat's <laughs> fine. The cat okay. is, is hiding in a chair or in a couch. The cat is fine. Okay. So wait. So we call the owner of the apartment and ask her. Are there holes in the walls somewhere? Is there somewhere the cat can be? I actually have a friend who's a cat whisperer. I called her and she said, oh, here are the three top places it's cats hide. It's in the uh, mattress of the bed. She said, "In the if you look, if you slowly pick up the mattress, what they do is they'll burrow in yep. and they, they live inside the mattress. Mm-hmm. So try that first. We, we do that, open them, no, no holes, no cat in the mattress. Okay, so not in the mattress. The second thing she said is behind the refrigerator. And we realized there was a way in, maybe behind the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Our friend whose house it is said, you know, there's a hole under the dishwasher. Maybe somehow she made it through there. So my boyfriend's like, ah, oh, it's a really small oh hole. I can't God. really see. So he sticks his phone inside that hole puts on the flash and takes a picture and pulls the phone out and there's the cat face. Yeah, the cat's hiding. The cat is hiding inside the dishwasher. We found the cat. It's inside the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I told you, when your parents say, can you watch the cat, say no. There is going to be nothing (laughs) but drama for four solid months with you and this stupid cat. I tell you right now, it's going to be, it's going to be the death of you. It's going to be the death of me. It's going to be the death of Joe. You woke the poor guy up to find a cat that's hiding in the apartment. You made the guy nuts. Yeah. For 12 hours to find the cat. He's so angry. He's so mad. I can't even begin to tell you how mad mad he is. Just because you said, yes, I'll watch the cat. No, say no. Last time you watched this cat, nothing good happened. The time before that that you watched the cat, nothing good happened. Nothing good is happening now. 
And they're not even in Florida yet. They're still on the plane. <laughs> no, no, they're there. They're there now. Yeah, no, they're, they're finally there. And you I'm still sending the, the pictures. Before from- they even got off the plane. Before they got through customs, <laughs> you killed the cat. Well, that's what I thought. So we were like figuring out, like, do we do one of those like sitcommy things where you buy a cat that looks just like the cat and be like, here's Fluffy, you know, what I mean? like pretend like, oh yeah, that's a spot on her back. No, we uh, we had her tattooed. Like, you know, what do you do? So, um, yeah, my boyfriend, as you can imagine, is livid, but he found the cat. And it's inside the dishwasher. So the plan is that I'm gonna go over there as soon as I get off the air with you. And hopefully it'll be, it's a nocturnal cat. It'll come out at night. I'll hang out, watch TV. I'll hang out with it tonight. As soon as it comes out, I'm going to confine it to its side of the apartment with its bathroom and its bedroom, but it is no longer going to have access to that kitchen. I guarantee it's going to be days before that cat comes out. Really? Yes. That's what happens to cats. When you take cats to a new place, they hide for days. That's Doesn't it want to eat? No, they're too freaked out. You can't freak a cat out. It doesn't, like I said, if you took it to a, its, its happy place, a big castle, it doesn't matter. The cat's going to hide in a hole because that's what cats do. And it's going to be days. The cat was fine until it had the fight with the dog. So now we can't bring the dog over there. Yeah, now the cat's freaked out. It's in a, it's in a place and there's a dog there. Cat's not coming out. Well, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna be there with the dog. We're gonna. I'll, you know, we'll Cat sleep separate. Know that. Cat thinks I'll there's still there. a dog well, in there. That's true. So yeah, I I can see how this is, plays out. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be in that hole for another day at least until it gets <sighs> hungry. Are you serious? Yes. Leave it alone. If that hole doesn't go anywhere, leave it alone. It will come this out eventually. This is so like what animal hides for days cat. in a dishwasher you don't understand cats cats are evil 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 animals just leave it you don't you you don't need to see it every day just make sure it has enough food That's it has it. to come out by saturday because saturday it's going back to its house it will be out by saturday it better be it will be but i'm telling you cats don't like to travel they don't like new places. Why do people have cats? I don't know. <laughs> Explain this to me. You have two cats. I what don't do you know. mean? You- I, and and th- I, I've looked up many a times, how long do cats live? <laughs> I want to be free from these demons that live in my house. And you say right. they fight? They fight all the time. And they don't okay. hurt each other. They just make a shitload of noise and wake you up. That's Just what it was. They were assholes. yelling at each other. Yeah. Cats yeah. are assholes, plain and simple. And now you have an asshole hiding in a hole. In a dishwasher. <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah. I'm telling you, you don't need, you don't need to go over there tonight. <sighs> of course I do. No, you don't. It's It will come out eventually. Go tomorrow. You don't need to go tonight. It, it it's won't come out. It's not coming out tonight, no. you don't think? No. It's found a happy place. That's where it's going to be. Eventually, the cat will get hungry and curious and come out of the hole and sniff around. But it's going to take it. It's going to take a few days. Well, Joe is just over there and he left some food right by the hole. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to. It's going to come out what it wants to. It's not going to come out on your schedule. All right. And the cat's an asshole. That cat is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a fun cat. 
It's not a loving cat. It's an asshole cat. This is the cat that also hates my parents, remember? They took it. They had a place um, upstate New York. Don't you remember? This is the cat they took up to upstate New York, and it escaped, and it was gone for three months. Yeah. And somebody found it and called my parents. Here's my favorite part. Called my parents and said, are you the people that lost this cat three months ago? Yeah, that's us. Well, we think we have your cat. So they show up to see the cat, and they haven't seen each other for three months. The cat made a beeline for the bedroom like ran away for, as, soon yeah. as, as soon as she saw my parents she was like no I was trying to get away from these assholes and they what are you doing hide? here and it takes them a few days to go oh I know this house but it's gonna no cats Ugh. cats are horrible so every time we move we know the cats are gonna get <laughs> they're just gonna be lost for a week we just know okay. that and, and when we moved to this house it was weird that the cats came out like three days later it's like, wow, oh. that's never happened. They always hide. So hmm. it took them. But now the cat's got into a fight. It ain't coming out. All right. Well, you know what? They have showtime. I don't. I'm going to go watch Dexter. You should. Dexter's really good. <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> okay. Dexter's. This year, Dexter is so much better than any other season. Oh, good. Okay, I'm excited. I saw the I saw some of the first episode while we were there last night. I'm going to continue to watch it, and maybe the cat will come out and want to watch it, a serial killer. With no, me. it won't, <laughs> because cats are serial killers. So, oh. yeah, you're not getting that cat out. Oh yeah, give me some. Cut me a piece. Go away, baiting. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. If you remember last week, after the new Sex in the City show came out, and just like that, it's called. Mm-hmm. So it's the. It's not it's not a sequel, it's not a prequel. It's literally just a continuation. Like where are the characters now kind of thing. And we said that basically Samantha not being on it, Kim Cattrall for the win. Like she was smart to not do it because it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the first episode and screw you if I'm spoiling this for you because we already talked about this. Um the end of the first episode, Mr. Big is on a Peloton and he's biking and he's biking really hard and having a really good ride and then he has a heart attack and he dies because you're not allowed to be in your 60s and be healthy mm-hmm. on and just like that. And uh, I have a friend that works for a record label that basically his job is to make sure that every video that's put out is never it's not going to be a legal issue. Mm-hmm. Whoever's job it was uh, at Peloton to do this deal with Sex and the City writers and Michael Patrick King or Darren Starr or whoever, to have Peloton in there and not know the entire narrative, not know that Peloton is going to be represented as a tool of destruction, as a tool of death, mm-hmm. that if you ride one, you'll have a heart attack and you'll die. So Peloton came out the next day and said, no, 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 hang on, hang on, no, no. In fact, the opposite is true. Peloton is the thing that's going to stop you from having a heart attack because it'll help you keep healthy and heart healthy and you know they had to do some major uh, pr to- they had to do some major pr the next day yeah they do some uh damage control the next day mm-hmm. because it made peloton look like it kills people right yeah so it was funny because soul cycle tweeted uh they, sh- they should have used a soul cycle so cycle big would still be alive <laughs> as well they should <laughs> yeah so today everybody's talking about the fact that yesterday an ad came out that was voiced and produced 
by Peloton with Ryan Reynolds to basically uh, change the narrative of Peloton not being a vehicle of destruction. So it's big and some redhead chick, and they're in an, uh, an apartment, fire's going, and they're, they're laying in front of the fireplace. To new beginnings. To new beginnings. You look great. Well, I feel great. <laughs> Should we take another ride? So he's like looking at the bedroom. Should we take another ride? Right. Life's too short and then they pan out and there's two Peloton bikes. So he's like, you want to take another ride? They're talking about the Peloton bikes. <laughs> and just like that, the world was reminded that regular cycling stimulates and improves your heart, lungs, and circulation, reducing your risk of cardiovascular diseases. Cycling strengthens your heart muscles, lowers resting pulse, and reduces blood fat levels. He's alive. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, the- who's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's very interesting is you're like, wait a minute, Ryan Reynolds, why is he doing this with Chris Noth for Peloton? Like, what? why is he shilling? This is the strangest thing. So he said, by pure luck, he'd already been talking to Peloton about doing a creative product with them. Um, I guess he has a company where he produces stuff, and he was talking to Peloton about doing something together anyway. Mm -hmm. So after this whole thing happened... He gets an email from the head of marketing at Peloton and says, uh, yeah, we were looking for something we can do, like a, a narrative in a way that we can do a Peloton ad together. Uh, I, I have the idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is, this is it. Here we are. We're there. And they needed to do damage control so quickly. They turned this around in less than 48 hours. They cast it, lit it, shot it, and got it out there in a really short period of time. Yeah, they sent Ryan a script, and they said, can you read this? And he said, yes, send me a couple of Pelotons for Christmas. <laughs> no, it was it, it was his production company. He he was already working on a deal with Peloton. Nice. So they decided together that, well, they were like, mm, we should do something together. What should we do? Mm-hmm. So after this whole thing happened to Chris Noth, they were like, well, well, hey, I have an idea. <laughs> Would you help us get out of this terrible situation? And somebody at Peloton definitely got fired for that because whoever it was that agreed to have Peloton in the Sex and the City sequel mm-hmm. should have asked... In what context? You know, like, uh, how are you going to be portraying our product? But they got their job back as soon as this commercial hit. And you said that's brilliant because now everybody's talking about it. Maybe. I mean, the stock did fall 11%. <laughs> and that's huge. <laughs> that's a, are you kidding? For a, for a stock like that, that is a lot. The that's, millions. That's mil- tens of millions, yeah. <laughs> 